Pastor Chris's podcast. So today we are continuing our Lenten message series, I Am, which is based on the seven I Am statements that Jesus made in the Gospel of John, where he told us who he is and all about his mission and his character. We've already looked at two statements over the last few weeks where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he also said, I am the light of the world. And today we will consider a statement that is very relevant to the coronavirus outbreak that we are facing in our community, in our world right now. Jesus said in John chapter 9, or chapter 10, verse 9, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Now, you may have heard it said that money is the root of all evil. But that's actually not right. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money is an inanimate object, but love is the action of a human heart. When money produces all kinds of evil, but love is the most powerful force on the planet. When love is used properly as God designed, it produces tremendous good. When love is used improperly against God's will, it produces evil. God designed us to love Him and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And when we do this, it produces all kinds of goodness. But the problem is, more often than not, people do not love God and do not love their neighbor. Instead, we love ourselves. We love our own selfish desires. Or we love things like money or power or pleasure. And when we love wrongly, the wrong things for the wrong reasons, it causes all kinds of evil. The first book in the Bible, Genesis, teaches that there was a time in the beginning when the world was perfect and people were perfect and they lived in perfect harmony with God, their creator. Genesis says that the first people, Adam and Eve, lived in a garden paradise where there was no sickness no suffering, no death. And God gave them a choice to love and obey Him and remain in this paradise forever with everything that they needed and everything they wanted or to not love and obey Him and to suffer sin and death and separation. And sadly, Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. Ever since that day, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. All humanity has suffered from evil. We suffer plagues of sickness and misfortune of all kinds, untimely deaths, a planet that always seems ready to destroy us and be rid of us. We suffer and we always have this nagging anxiety in the back of our minds that one or all of these things or something we haven't even imagined yet will one day come knocking on our door and take over our lives. And in the end, there is one thing that is sure, 
death will come for all of us. It's a dark, hopeless picture. But don't turn me off yet. Don't tune me out. Because this is really a message of great hope. And with all that's going around in our world, we need hope right now, don't we? It is into this dark, dangerous world that Jesus came and He said, I am the gate. Those who come in through Me will be saved. Through Adam, though Adam and Eve turned their backs on God and, and though people have done the same thing throughout all history, God has never turned His back on us. God loves us even when we are sinners. 1 John 4.10 says this, This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The consequence of sin is death. It's just a fact of life. It's the broken world that we live in. But Jesus came to pay the price of sin for us. Though we are the ones who sin, Jesus takes the consequences of our sin on Himself. And instead of the death that we deserve, Jesus gives us eternal life. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. <clears throat> Jesus said, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. Now Jesus lived in an agricultural society. Sheep and shepherds were as common for him and his people as the sight of cars and the internet is for us in our time. So when Jesus talked about sheep and shepherds and sheepfolds and gates, everyone knew what he meant. You see, it's, it was very dangerous for sheep, especially at night. There were predators lurking in the countryside, wolves and such, that would try to sneak in through the darkness and grab a sheep and drag it off into the darkness to die. There were also thieves that were lurking who would try to steal sheep. And the fact is, sheep just aren't that smart. And sometimes sheep just wander off and get lost all on their own without any help from anyone that's trying to do them harm. So. The shepherds built sheepfolds for protection. They would pile up stones and make a circular wall, and there would be one narrow opening in the wall, only one, through which the shepherd could herd all the sheep inside the sheepfold. And once inside the ring of the sheepfold, the shepherds would lay down across the entrance and would become the actual gate of the sheepfold. Nothing could enter or leave the sheepfold without going through the shepherd. This made sure the vulnerable sheep stayed inside and the bad things of the world stayed outside. And Jesus said, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Now we're not sheep, but spiritually we are a lot like sheep. We are incredibly vulnerable. 
In good times, we may feel like we are invincible, or at least we feel like we're mostly safe, and we don't necessarily worry about all the things that sneak in and drag us off to our death. But then all of a sudden, a little virus comes in. Something so small that it can only be seen by a microscope. And suddenly, we're filled with fear. We're filled with panic. People are running out to the grocery stores, buying up all the toilet paper. Because deep down in our hearts, we always knew we were cursed. We always knew death is chasing us. Even without coronavirus, we have all seen glimpses of our own vulnerability and mortality. When a young friend with his whole life ahead of him is maimed or dies in a motorcycle accident, or when a young mother loses a child that's only a few days old after being born. Or like our sister said, when, when a wife is struck down by cancer or some other illness. When a famous basketball player that we all admire dies in a helicopter crash. All of a sudden, we are reminded of the fragility of life. There are a lot of wolves and robbers roaming around in the darkness. And if you're still out in the darkness, you are in great peril. And so Jesus bids us to come. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus invites us to come into the, shape, into the safety of the sheepfold. And he is the only way in. And we need not worry whether we are good enough for Jesus to let us in. The fact is, none of us is good enough. The fact that we aren't good enough is the very reason that we need his help in the first place. In fact, realizing that we are not good enough is a requirement for entrance into the safe place that everyone who enters, we must recognize and we must admit that we are indeed not good enough. And so we must confess that we are not good enough and that we have sinned and that we deserve to be lost in the darkness, but we are begging for God's mercy. And when we do this, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, some people are just too proud for that. Some people are like that stubborn sheep that just won't listen to the shepherd's voice. The shepherd says, come on, come on, get inside the sheepfold where it's safe. And they say, I don't need that. I don't need God. I, I can manage fine on my own. When the shepherd is trying to tell them to come in where it's safe, instead, what do they do? They run the opposite way. I have just, uh, we have a new dog at my house, a puppy. And he's still learning. We're still training him. And, you know, we'll call him. And sometimes he will come to us. But sometimes he said he kind of looks at you with that puppy face. He's like, I ain't coming. 
<laughs> and you start to reach out to get, grab him, and what does he do? He runs the other way. And he's only like, he's only like 12 inches tall, but he's so fast. You cannot catch him. If he wants to run from you, you can't catch him. And you'll chase him all over the yard. And you know, people are like that a lot of times. Jesus says, come on, come on, come on when it's safe. And they run the other way. And I can just imagine Jesus longing so much for people to come in and be saved. And they're running the other way. And when the shepherd comes to fetch them, they run even faster. And in pride, they jeer, you can't catch me. I don't want, I do what I want, when I want, how I want. Go back inside. Tend to those other sheep, those dumb ones that are in there. That's not me. I'm smarter than that. I don't need you. That's what people say to Jesus. And all the while, he knows that there are wolves and robbers roaming around. While we're dancing around acting the fool, he's trying to save our soul. And any other shepherd would get frustrated and give up. <laughs> they would throw their hands up in the air and they'd shout, fine then. Kind of like I do to my puppy sometimes. Fine then. You stay out here in the rain and I'll go back inside and close the door. <laughs> but Jesus is not like that. Jesus is not like other shepherds. Jesus is the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. And we'll talk about that next Sunday in the message. But today I want you to know that Jesus never gives up. As long as there is even one stupid, stubborn sheep still wandering and lost and vulnerable in the darkness, Jesus will keep searching for them and chasing for them and inviting them to come in to the sheepfold where it's safe. Maybe Jesus has been chasing you. Maybe this pandemic that's got us all hunkered down in our homes has got you thinking, realizing the precariousness of all life. What if death comes knocking at your door? What then? Now, friend, I don't want to alarm you but I need to tell you the truth. Death will come knocking at your door. Eventually, maybe not because of this virus, maybe not even this year, but death comes for us all at some point in life. Whether it is now or it is 70 years from now, it is inevitable. But we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to panic. Because Jesus says, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. Though through Jesus, there is eternal life after death. But I don't want you to think that it's only living in paradise after this life is over. It is that, but it is so much more. It's also living, truly living in this life. It's being free from the fear of death, even in this dangerous world. It's discovering what truly living is. It's finding the true meaning of life and living into the purpose 
for which you were created. It's, it, it gives you the courage to love people around you, even if they don't love you back. Even when it's dangerous, because you know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And the very worst thing that could happen is that your life on this planet comes to an end. But then you enter into paradise with God, which is perfect and holy and eternal. And you're with God for all eternity. And that's what we were created for. So I, I want to invite you, and Jesus wants to invite you, to come to him and be saved. But there's only one way in. You must recognize that you need God to save you from your sins. Confess your sins and ask Jesus to save you. Won't you do that today? Friends, let's pray together. If Jesus has already saved you, then I praise God for it. You pray for those who are still left in our world, who are lost, who are in the darkness, who haven't turned to Jesus yet, who haven't come in through the gate. And if you're just not sure today, if you are saved, if you're not sure that if you died today that you would spend eternity with God in paradise, then I invite you to pray with me right now this prayer. This prayer is meant to guide you to ask Jesus to save you from your sin and welcome you into the safety of his sheepfold. You pray this with me. Repeat it right along with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have not lived the way you want me to. I've stubbornly tried to be in charge of my own life and to do things my own way. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Today, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the great I am. I believe that you died for my sins. I'm so sorry that my wrong behavior cost you so much. And so, I make a commitment today to let you be in charge from now on. Lord Jesus, please let me come in and be part of your flock. Help me to love the people, other people, the way you love me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. I will try my best with your help to live the way you want me to. And all of God's people said, Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, I am so happy for you. You are now saved for eternal life. Whatever happens in this life, whether now because of this current crisis, or many years from now because of some unforeseen trouble, you can be sure that God loves you and will welcome you to His side when this life is over. But even greater than that, 
you can now begin to truly live right now.